So we're just directing our our minds really to First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, and as I say, this is just a chapter that deals with the body. And in verse twelve, you see that it says, "For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body." So also is Christ. And then just skipping down to verse 14, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And we'll just finish there. So yesterday's devotional, Dwight made mention of the fact that uh, the trees, the sequoia trees in particular, are trees that grow together and uh, their roots don't go very far deep, but they certainly go far horizontally and there's this idea of of, uh, them intertwining with one another and that's how they get their strength and it is a beautiful picture of God's people and how we grow together as I was taking a walk this morning I was I was really struck it was a beautiful it's a beautiful day here in Greenville those of you who are here uh, you'll agree with me it's a, it's a gorgeous day but as I was taking a walk this morning I I ran across this this beautiful tree just couldn't help notice this beautiful tree it was in full bloom the flowers were, were on it, very colorful, very pretty, um, a large tree. And I was just struck by it and thinking, this is a beautiful tree. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you know, this tree, if it were a thinking tree, it could think, I'm a great tree. I'm a beautiful tree. And there's no other tree like me. But as I was looking around that tree, I I saw other trees. I saw like an evergreen that was basically just staying green all year round. I saw smaller trees. I saw taller trees. I saw other trees that didn't have as many flowers, but had some flowers and had certainly some leaves. And I saw a whole variety of trees. And it really made me think about something especially in light of what uh, Dwight was uh, mentioning yesterday. And I know that Dwight um, titled his message, Growing by the Groves. And so this is not meant to be in any way taking away from that message at all. And I don't want to play on this too much. But I was just thinking that, you know, the Lord didn't really plant us in a grove. I I think of groves as... um, you know, where you have all of the same. So you have a, an orange tree grove and you have uh, different groves like that. And I, I much rather think that the Lord planted us in a garden with a tremendous variety of trees. And so as I was looking at that tree uh, today, what made it beautiful to me was that it was in the middle of a variety of other trees. And it wasn't the fact that it was in it of itself uh, wrong to be beautiful, but it was set in a setting where there was there was these 
the evergreen. And you could say that that's a very consistent tree, you know, and you're going to have a variety of people in God's kingdom. You're going to have those that bloom in season and are are brilliant and glorious and they look beautiful and all the attention could be given to them and not to, let's say, the steady eddies that are in the church that are just the evergreens that are, are there all year round and they're, they're just always there, always green. And then you have others that are smaller or larger or that don't have all the brilliant flowers but they have the fruit and so on and so forth. And it's just just this thought, a really simple thought, friends, of the fact that we are in a garden. We're all planted in a garden, and we're all different. So I wouldn't want any of us on this call, for example, to think themselves inferior in any way from another. You know, the Lord brings us to this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 to highlight for us the various parts of the body for that, for that exact reason. And in a day of celebrityism and celebrity preachers and big names, it's really hard for us to understand the fact that we are all equally important in God's kingdom. All equally important in God's kingdom. Can the eye say to the ear or to other parts of the body that are not as quote-unquote comely as other parts, we have no need of you? No. We are all equally necessary and important in the kingdom. And again, it's not to take away from yesterday's message, because I certainly understand the, 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 the spirit of it growing by groves, but I would like to suggest that we are actually we have actually been planted in a garden. And the Lord, just like I was walking down our street and just enjoying the variety of the vegetation and the beauty of the things around me, the Lord enjoys walking through his garden as well. As you read in Genesis, he was walking through the garden there. And the Lord loves to walk through the garden of his kingdom and see the variety of his people. Now, you know, we we talk about unity a lot, and let it be known, if there's any doubt, that we are not talking about the the world's idea of unity. You know, you sometimes you see these bumper stickers uh, on cars, usually put on there by liberals, that says uh, coexist. You've seen them, I've seen them, it says coexist, Right. It's got all the symbols of different uh, religions. The T, I think, is meant to be the cross. The C is the crescent. And you got the Jewish uh, symbol in there and uh, Hinduism and all this. Sort. So we're not talking about that type of unity. We're talking, and that's, that's basically the best that they can do, coexist. They can just coexist. That's not real unity. We're talking about the unity that's found in a body, real unity, even though we're diverse but it's within the boundaries of the Bible, okay? It's within the boundaries of the gospel, within the boundaries of Christ himself, Christ being the body. So, again, just to be clear, we are talking about orthodox Christianity. But there is a unity. You know, sometimes a denomination or a church can feel like they're the, they're the only ones. 
or uh, they're the only right ones. And they can have that spirit about them. And um, I'm sure that there could be more accurate uh, in certain areas than others. But we must all remember that within the bounds and the boundaries of Bible Christianity, there is a diversity, a diversity of convictions. You're going to have paedo-baptists. You're going to have credo-baptists. You're going to have those that uh, believe a more Presbyterian form of government versus versus not, uh, you know, more congregational or independent or baptistic. And so, but within the bounds and the boundaries of Bible Christianity, there is a diversity, and we should really work hard at not despising or look disparagingly uh, on others. It would be like if you're in a choir situation and you have, sometimes you've heard this, I know I have, and you have one voice that, let's say, pierces or dominates. You know, it's a very unpleasant thing. Or in an orchestra situation where you have one thing that is dominating, like, say, the drums or the percussion. It's just dominating. Now, you need percussion in a proper orchestra, but when you have something dominating like that, it becomes an unpleasant thing. But when you have a blending of voices, a blending of the choir where everybody just, yes, sings their part, and they're all different, but nobody is dominating, that's where the beauty comes in. And again, I think of this in the context of this prayer meeting, there is no dominant individual in this prayer meeting, I trust. You know, we, we hear certain um, individuals that pray regularly, and I suppose there's, there's uh, very little that can be done about that because um, uh, there's, just, uh, there's just some that are naturally going to, to be that way. But I would encourage, really encourage, as many of you to see your part in the body of Christ, certainly in in a corporate prayer meeting like this. Don't ever fall into the the lie or the trap that that your prayers somehow are inferior. That is such a terrible lie that Christians can believe in. My prayers don't get heard like somebody else's prayers, or my prayers are not as effective as somebody else's prayer because of something in the prayer itself. So we have, to, we have to dispel that lie. One other illustration that I can think of has to do with the altar of incense itself. If you remember the altar, and I believe it's Exodus chapter 30, the actual, if I can say it, the, the ingredients of what was to be on that altar that made up that incense, they're all listed there. And it actually uh, goes on to say, and this is no small insignificant detail. It goes on to say that they were to have to be in equal proportion. So it was not one dominating ingredient. They were to be in equal proportion and they were to be tempered together. I find that to be a wonderful detail. And that is what makes the altar of incense so beautiful. That is what gives the aroma that it does is yes, there is a variety, and the Lord so made us that way. They're in equal proportion, and they're tempered together. 
It's like the body. It's, it's like the different parts of the body. You need every part, and they have their job to play. And it's like a garden. It's like a beautiful garden, not a grove where everything looks the same, where everything is perfectly uniform, is, you know, which is the way we like to have it so often uh, because there's more control that way. But there is a, diver- there is a diversity, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a glorious thing. A garden is a beautiful picture. The body, the human body with all of its parts is a beautiful picture. And the altar of incense is a beautiful picture, I think, of what our prayers are. Our prayers are like the incense that rose up to heaven. And, of course, that's why in the tabernacle the altar of incense was right there, beside the veil on the opposite side was the holiest of all the ark of the covenant it's like our prayers we are closest to that holy of holies place when we pray and our prayers ascend into heaven itself so friends very simple thought um, object lesson from nature itself We are not planted in a grove, per se. We are planted in a garden, the boundaries of which are the Bible, Christ himself, but we have a variety, and we are all equal, equally important, and tempered together. And so let's seek to preserve the unity of this body, not just here, but in our local congregations, which is probably where it's tested the most because um, we have to interact with them, uh, you know, uh, physically and in in person, face-to-face. But let's pray that the Lord will give us real unity. I mean real unity, real love. Uh, The Lord prayed for it in John 17. So we should pray for it as well.